All right, testing one, two, one, two. Let me know if you guys can hear me loud and clear. One, two, one, two, one, two. All right, made a quick adjustment. And uh, let's see how we're doing. Give it a minute or so. Welcome back to the Everett Overton Show. I'm your host, Coach EO. Just want to make sure we don't have any glitches here. <clears throat> and we'll get right into the show. Thank you for your patience. I want to thank everybody who picked up their bottles of Mr. Sensual uh, and Mr. Mysterious yesterday. And actually, in general, I want to thank all of uh, my clients and customers who have picked up the fragrances. I do hope that you're enjoying them. We sold out of Mr. Central. I was a little off base with the amount of Mr. Mysterious bottles we had. I think during the show, I said I had 20, but after a recount, there was 43 at that time. Well, now we're actually at about 20. Um, so if you're interested, let me come back in. We, we seem to be all right. We seem to be okay. Okay, okay. Had to put this uh, guy back up. <sighs> was kind of uh, keeping this away for a moment until uh, my designated area is completed. Um, uh, so, hmm. I'll keep that off for a minute. Um, Mr. Mysterious is still in there. Uh, I was a little off it with the count. I thought it was 20, but it was actually 43 after a recount. Um, so now we are at about 20 or 19 bottles of Mr. Mysterious left, none on order. Um, so if you're interested in trying it, uh, it'd be great for this time of the year uh, and going into the fall and, and winter. Um, it's not necessarily a cold weather scent because there is a very bright quality to it. Uh, it can easily be worn in the summer months. Uh, so EverettOvertonCollection.com is where you can find that. And uh, anybody who purchases it, I'd be happy to acknowledge you while we're live on the air let's make sure I have this up and going okay cool all right okay so today's show I'm gonna I'm, I, there was a there was a years ago I was uh, 29 30 years old at the time and um, there was a sermon that I that I discovered and I was impressed by um, the realness to the, to the sermon. It's a Caucasian gentleman who gave this. And I was impressed by the presentation. Um, there's some corny spots in it. I, I won't lie to you. There's some corny spots. Uh, well, what I see is kind of a little corny. But, I mean, sometimes corny is okay within a presentation. I mean, sometimes it's okay. Um, it helps people relax, maybe laugh a little bit. It kind of uh, softens things a little bit sometimes, a little humor and corniness. Now, do I agree with everything within this sermon? No. But I do believe that all men should hear this sermon, and I believe all women should hear this sermon. And so, <clears throat> uh, again, Mr. Mysterious, just wanted to set it right there. Actually, let's get a spray. I applied anything today. Oh, this is a new bottle. Do I, do I want to <laughs> spray this? It's a new one. Nah, I'm not going to spray it. That's a new one. That might have to go to a customer. I have uh, a few of my own bottles. So we'll keep that one unsprayed because that may have to go to one of you guys. And 
I'd rather you have it than me have it. I already have uh, mine. Uh, let me acknowledge a couple of people here in this chat room. And we'll get going. So, SNO, that's the baby girl. Thank you for everything you do. Great job on the timestamps. Fantastic job on that. Really thorough. Uh, Tino, good to see you. Hope you enjoy the fragrance. Mr. Mabane, I see you. Uncle Gunn, salute my brother. Um, mm. Danny, good morning to you. Gabriel, good morning. Livio, good to see you. Uh, Sal's Media, $5. Thank oh, I got to acknowledge a couple other people from yesterday that I happened to miss. I'll do that momentarily. Thank you for teaching the game. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Hopefully we've corrected that. Salute, salute, new member. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Andrew, good morning. David B., what's up? Dom Gabriel, good morning. Likewise. Um, I thought that said Dylan. Um, there you go. Bernie E.L., salute, brother. Uh, the show's going to start in approximately two minutes. I want to acknowledge some people on the Cash App side who gave. Where are you guys? I want to acknowledge uh, Marvelous Mac, Marvelous Mac, new name, $10 from yesterday's show. Salute, yo. Thank you for the truth, wisdom, and humor. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. Derek Featherstone, that's my guy, too, came in with just a 40. Didn't say nothing, just dropped 40. Appreciate those, uh, those 20s. Thank you, Derek. Um, everything by John. $5 EO salute from Brooklyn, baby. What's the blazer from? This is a double breasted. Uh, I'll have to look. I'll let you know next show. <laughs> I'll let you know next show. This one was uh, is, is a double breasted. Um, Seth Carroll, $10. Thank you, Seth. I think uh, you may have left a comment recently, Seth. Um, I'm currently filming from inside my new home. Um, I'll be filming from a couple of different areas just to kind of switch things up until my actual studio is 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 created. That may take a little time, but uh, here is just one of my living rooms. So very peaceful, very tranquil, clean, modern. Um, feels great. It's great being in here. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, let's get to the show. Again, I'm going to produce or uh, I'm going to produce a sermon to you today or not produce it, but present. This is something I've watched probably 10 times in my life. Um, I enjoy the sermon. I think there's some real talk in the sermon, some corny spots here and there. Um, but I think there's something you can learn from. This is not an attempt to conform you to religion or anything like that. You know, people, real sensitive people like you're trying to conform me, not trying to conform you, man. Uh, you know, becoming religious and 
um, is a personal choice that should never be pushed upon you. Now, it can be encouraged. Um, obviously, uh, it can be encouraged, but you know that's a singular decision, and no one should make that for you but you. Um, uh, I have a relationship with a higher a higher power. I'll call that God. Um, you know, Jesus Christ um, has been part of my life and is part of my life, and um, I won't deny that. Now, it may not be in the exact same sense that other people, um, everybody's, you know, uh, uh, relationship with God is, is probably going to be a little different. And so, because I see God in everything. I don't see God just in the good. I see God in everything. Um, I see myself in everything. I see all of you. We're all connected in some fashion. What I do to one person will have an effect on someone in St. Louis. What if somebody's out here in the shy? I have a positive or negative effect on them. They'll take that energy and that memory back to St. Louis. And if they don't know how to properly uh, um, channel that memory, whether get rid of it or let it go or learn from it or whatever, they're going to take what I what I imposed on them or what I presented to them. They'll take it and unpack it in St. Louis and someone in St. Louis is going to feel the effects of my energy. This is how it works. OK. And so if you think you're not having an impact in our society or in our world, you are you either are doing nothing to impact it which is impacting it because you're doing nothing to impact it. So doing nothing will can negatively impact it. And if you're doing something positive, well, then you're positively impacting it, you know, potentially. And so it's just something to think about. Don't think that your, um, your life is, is meaningless. Uh, everything you do and every person you talk to and every life that you come across, you are impacting it, whether positive or negative. This is why I talk about value for value so heavily. I would like that every person that comes to me leaves better, leaves better. And so I aim for that. It's possible a lot of the time and sometimes it's not so possible. It's up to the individual. So let's get going. We're going to watch a sermon. It's called Happy Husband, Happy Home. This is an old video, so it's not going to be high definition. So bear with me. It's uh, at least 12, 13, 14 years old. He also made a segment where he talked about happy wife, happy life. And I believe there was a segment uh, for the children. And so perhaps I'll show you all three uh, just to be fair and balanced. But uh, we're going to start with the man today. Uh, why uh, happy husband, happy home is so important. Let's turn the music down. There we go. All right. Woo. Sleepy boy. Need some rest. No tea. Rest. <laughs> Got no tea on that, man. Got to get some rest. Got to have a chicken breast and get some rest with this finesse. And work that chest. I think later today I'm going to work that chest. And then eat a chicken breast. And then spit this game with this finesse. And then go get some rest. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I'll just create a rap song, man. And just with the S. 
with them S. Okay, here we go. Happy husband, happy home. It's four parts. It's roughly a half hour. We won't be here too long today, so let's get started. Happy husband, happy home. All right, turn to Ephesians 5 and Mark chapter 6. We are going to continue our series, Broken, uh, Repairing the Family, and open your Bibles to Ephesians 5. All right, open to Ephesians 5, and then put a marker at Mark chapter 6. And uh, we'll have one more in this series next weekend, uh, and then we'll be in the One Prayer series, all right? So last week, I talked on Happy Wife, Happy Life. You remember that? Happy Wife, Happy Life. And uh, this week, the message is Happy Husband, Happy Home. Happy Husband, Happy Home. So we kind of covered some of the basic needs, only three of them, that a woman has. God designed women a certain way and we covered three of their needs last week i don't know if you remember but we talked about communication leadership and security this week we're going to talk about three basic needs so this is something that i uh, continually pound home as well the importance of proper communication from the masculine side um, she has to feel safe um, she has to be given you know directions you know she wants to know she's being led so communication leadership um, I think there was another one. Let me just back this up a little bit. I want to make sure I quote him. This is Robert Morris, by the way. Robert Morris. Edward, welcome. I know a lot of people don't get notifications. Uh, make sure that you tap that notification bell. But, you know, I don't run YouTube, so I can't I can't uh, I can't control that. But I appreciate the input. Shout out to uh, little Ernest uh, from Atlanta. Communication leadership and security so so communication leadership obviously leading the relationship was his you know been something that i created a couple seasons of that we're going to bring that back but communication proper dialogue proper you know explaining of of what is expected um also being you know uh affectionate towards your woman i mean women need affection you know if she if she's earned it be affectionate make her feel you know important you know make her feel secure you know that's part of leadership too it's not just draining the woman we don't want to just drain women and and security you know women do want to feel that their position is 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 secure now obviously as i always teach the more they contribute to the man in the program the more they actually secure their position okay um it's the same thing with work. If a woman goes to work, the better she does at, at work, the more opportunities for advancement, for bonus, for pay raises. And so it's the same thing within a relationship during the dating and relationship phase. If the woman uh, add, continues to add value, um, she then potentially will secure her position with that man and, and maybe even potentially be upgraded. This week, we're going to talk about three basic needs that a man has. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord, or the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And then verse 33 is a summary for husbands and wives. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. 
Now, I, I want to say something mm -hmm. about Ephesians 5 because um, there, there's a lot of negative feeling about Ephesians chapter 5 about the way it addresses husbands and the way it addresses wives. But really, Ephesians 5 is, is simply telling you the key to your spouse's uh, life. That's what it's telling you, the key to your spouse's heart. That's all it's telling you. And this word submit has a lot of bad press. Uh, but I started with chapter, I mean, verse 21, because I wanted you to understand that it says submit to one another. We as believers live a life of submission, submission to God and submission to each other. And mm -hmm. I want to give you a definition of the word submission to help you. And this is my own definition that, that my own little mind came up with. So hopefully this will help you. But I want you to remember the word submarine. Submarine. When you think of the word submission. Here's the reason why. Uh, marine, uh, it refers to uh, a ship in the water is what it refers to when you go back to its original meaning. And sub means under. So literally, submarine simply means a ship that goes underwater. That's, that's what it means, all right? Here's the point, though. Notice the word sub, the prefix sub, it means under, all right? Submission, listen to this, simply means that you take your mission in life and put it under the Lord and under your spouse's mission. Now, this is for husband, husbands and wives because it says submit to one another. Here's the point. God has a mission for your life, but you have to put your life under his control to be able to fulfill that mission. But the other thing is that we have missions. We actually have a mission that I want to accomplish this with my life, or I want to do this, or I want to do that, or I have a mission I want to do today. And I'm telling you that in marriage, the best way to see that mission completed is for you to take your mission, if you're married, and put it under the mission of your spouse. And if you will serve your spouse's mission, you will see your own mission fulfilled. So that's all submission really is, is to take what I want to do and put it under, under what Debbie, what God has called Debbie to do. And then God blesses me to be able to fulfill what he's called me to do. So let's talk about happy husband, happy home, all right? So here are some three needs that a husband has, all right? Number one is companionship. Companionship. Let me read you a verse out of the message version of the Bible. Genesis 2:18 says, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Remember, we talked about that last week. He was running with scissors in the garden, something like that. I'll make him a helper, a companion. And notice the reason that God gives that he creates Eve is because Adam wanted a companion. Now, let me give you another word for companion, and this, this might shock you, but a playmate. God wanted someone, Adam wanted someone he could play with, in essence. Uh, he's down there in the garden. He's probably swinging in the trees with the monkeys. He, he just wants someone to, to be a companion. God looks down, again, sees him with the monkeys and says, it's not good. Let's, let's get him a, a companion, someone he can do things with, men love to have fun. Ladies, if you don't know this, men love to have fun. All you have to do is walk in a room where the, the men are sitting in chairs and they're just sitting there and the kids are going bonkers. If you don't know, it's the men that got them to do it. I'm just telling you. That's the way men are. Why, why do you think men buy train sets for their children at Christmas? Because they want to play with them. <laughs> 
that you watch when the children go to bed. This is true to some extent. Uh, it doesn't apply to me necessarily, uh, but a lot of grown men play video games. That's still something you would do when you were a younger person. And so I know a lot of people who still play video games. Uh, I'm not one of them. That I'm not against it, but I haven't played a video game in over 10 years, well over 10 years. Um, the type of games I used to play were mainly sports games, uh, but uh, I haven't played a video game in over 10 years, you know, um, and so, but it's true, you know, men do want to have fun, you know, every, every man's version of fun is a little different. Um, you know, my version of fun is, is, uh, is making money. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. My version of fun is making money and creating uh, businesses and helping other people prosper uh, in their lives. That I have fun doing that. I don't always enjoy it, but it, it is fun. I mean, it's kind of a contradiction, but sometimes it's just um, it, it's not easy. It's not easy, but it's worth it and it can be fun. Um, but everybody's version of fun. You might have a guy who says, I, I like to play golf. That's fun. You got another one, another man who goes to the shooting range. That's fun. You know, you got another person who, you know, uh, you know, wants to play, like I said, video games or whatever, fishing. That's their version of fun. And so men <laughs> definitely do enjoy that sort of thing. I got some, um, I got a cash app from Anthony Lockie coming here this morning with $50. Uh, uh, for in my front row seat. Salute, man. Uh, let's get this game. Uh, it's a pleasure to share it with you. Again, there's some corny little spots and some stuff that, you know, but I get it. He's he's preaching to an array of different personalities, so he has to make sure that he brings the highs and the lows. That's part of being a great presenter. Um, and so thank you so much for that. And also, some fragrances just got sold. And I appreciate the time to allow me to do this. I know you guys probably, those of you that haven't purchased, don't want to uh, necessarily hear me say this. But shout out to, uh, well, we had DeAndre earlier. DeAndre picked up some uh, fragrance. We have Martin who picked up a fragrance. And uh, we also have Nicholas. Nicholas, shout out to you out there in Minnesota who just got Mr. Mysterious. Thank you so much. Let's continue. Bed, where's the man? He's in there playing with the train set. Men love to play. Now, uh, uh, again, uh, I'm just, guys, don't get offended at me. I'm just trying, I'm really trying to help you. But ladies, uh, 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 let me just uh, give you an example. Men are like dogs. I'm telling you, they're like dogs. And here's what all, you, 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 you just try this sometime. You just say to your husband, say, you want to do something fun? You watch it. Just like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, shout out to my guy, Alfred Stevenson, man. Never drops anything less than a 50, man. Um, thank you so much, Alfred. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. So you just say, go get your ball. Go get your ball. You know, so I'm, I'm telling you, he will get so excited. This is the way men are. And hear me i know you say well yeah he loves to play because he's always going to play golf and he's always going to do listen to me he'd rather do something with you i'm telling you the reason okay now <laughs> i hate to be disruptive to a great sermon and you know but I, I do want to stop at a few points i do believe that men go to the bar after work go to the country club okay go to the barber shop now that's not to say you don't want to go to the barber shop to get clean you do 
But I think married men, if they're not in an enjoyable marriage, as as a as a um, as a way to kind of deal with that, they go off and, and and do extracurricular activities elsewhere. So they may go play golf. A big part of the reason why they want to play golf is they're not that happy at home. It, this is my opinion. Now, that's not to say you you can't be happy at home and you still want to play golf. I believe both are possible. But I think a lot of the time people. Oh, everything by John. I didn't see you got that, Mr. Central, man. Uh, wow. Excellently, excellently put together. Thank you so much. I try to tell everybody that Mr. Central is is dynamite, man, and can and can compete with the big names, man, the Tom Fords, all that. Uh, and so um, it could it could return. Uh, it's one of those fragrances alongside Mr. Confident, all of them. They may return. Um, I'm working on a lot of things right now with fragrance. So just give me a little time. But they could return. If you see a pre-sale go on, that means they are coming back and you don't want to miss out. So thank you for that. Uh, leave a review. Anybody who purchased a fragrance, I'll be happy to uh, post your reviews as they come through. But I do think people who stop off, hey, I'm going to go play. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to go shoot some pool. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. It's generally tied to not being fulfilled at home generally and so uh, a guy that's fulfilled at home doesn't really want to go anywhere it's my opinion guys that are fulfilled at home and have built a home they love they have a, a woman that they've selected that that suits them extremely well they don't really want to go anywhere they'll cook out you know i just i have two grills now <laughs> you know i have two brand new grills i got a gas i got a beautiful charcoal grill i mean where is there to go you know i got ever i've built the life that i want and so go where i mean go there's nowhere to go i mean uh, honestly there's nowhere nowhere to see i mean i see it all every day and i feel like if a guy is creating his life that way and he picks the right woman for him and in the situation they both can be absolutely happy you'd be surprised you won't want to do a lot of other stuff reason we fall in love is because we do fun things together you think about mm. it and the reason we fall out of love is because we stop doing fun things together so ladies, find something that he likes that he is fun and do it with him. And, and by the way, shopping is not fun. <laughs> that, is, that is not fun, okay? So find something he likes to do and do it with him. Let, let, think about how God made men and women differently, all right? Let me go back a couple of hundred years uh, to a man named Daniel Boone. We're do you know how important, listen, I got to stop and I got to say this. If a woman, let's say a woman is married to a man who likes to play video games or likes football, even just her coming down and saying, I got next, let's play together, you know, and she's sitting with him playing video games. Doesn't mean she has to enjoy it. You know, there's going to be things in the relationship that the woman enjoys. You're a man. You may not enjoy it the same. But because you want her, you wish to provide that experience for her, you, you indulge her. Okay. And so it, can you imagine if you're, if a woman knows her man occasionally after a long day's work, he likes to unwind to a video game and maybe watch some, some football. If she just caters to him and, and, and tries to participate in that event, what that would mean to a man instead of saying, Oh, he's watching football. I'm going to go to the mall. Look, I'm not saying that won't ever happen, but what about if you say, 
we're going to have a you know a sunday you know sunday party you know family party we're going to get some food we're going to make some food we're going to watch these games you sit on the couch with them maybe you guys even have sex at halftime like this is the stuff that that makes uh couples glued it's these little things and so women watching find out what your man likes and be participative and involved in that you'd be surprised you just show him a little involvement in things that matter to him he will do the same for you we're all familiar with daniel boone um and let me tell you two stories about daniel boone and you tell me which one you believe all right daniel boone gets up in the morning grabs his rifle walks outside sees some flowers smells them and says to himself these will make wonderful potpourri <laughs> then as he's walking through the woods he sees a deer he raises his rifle and then he thinks he's so cute that i can't shoot him that might be bambi's father so he lowers his rifle wipes a tear away picks the flowers up goes back in and makes some drapes How many of you believe that story? Okay, let me tell you another story. Daniel Boone gets up, picks up his rifle, walks outside, steps on the flowers, sees a deer that actually is Bambi, raises his rifle and blows him away. Pardon me, they're in parts, so uh, there we go takes his knife and guts the deer right there okay how many of you believe that story or why because god made him that way god made men that way I'm, we talked about how men are not connected with their emotions one of the reasons is so they can kill things that's just normal for a man listen to me now but one one of god's one of man's greatest needs is companionship why did god make him that way so he'll go back home after he kills the deer. I'm telling you, otherwise he'd be sitting out there in the woods eating the deer thinking, I know I'm forgetting something. <laughs> so that's his number one need, or one of his needs. That's actually his number one need. We're going to get to point three, but this is, that's point one. Here's number two, sex. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because we are in a, a weekend service, not a marriage seminar. But I do want you to understand, this is not a dirty word. And I won't even, I know we have young people in our services, I want you to understand, I don't want the only place you ever hear this word to be in a dirty place. I want you to hear it in church. Sex was, is something God created for men and women to enjoy in the confines of marriage. And this is one of, of, of this is a, a need that a man has. This may be the other reason Daniel Boone goes home after he kills the deer. But the point is, I want you to understand. 
I think there's something very, very cool about him making that point. Um, um, he's a powerful speaker, but I, I see when he backs off a little bit for the sake of the audience, he has to kind of get a little bit corny sometimes. But I could see the fire in his speech and his eyes when he, especially as the as the sermon continues. There's actually something that he references here that I referenced the other day, and I, I believe, I, and I know I picked it up from this when I talked about the cork in the bucket principle. That was something that I learned from the sermon. I want to thank Philip Crocker coming through with a very generous super chat of $50. Thank you, Mr. Crocker. Hello, Coach. Thank you for bringing the word of the Almighty to the Everett Overton Show today. Blessings to you, sir. Likewise, thank you. Um, and sex is important, but it must be disciplined sex. Uh, notice how he said within the confines of marriage. Now, I know I get it today. Everyone frowns upon marriage. Everybody wants to be, you know, just single and wild and do their own thing. Well, you kind of see how that's how people's lives are resulting um, when you have just excessive sexual energy just being distributed among the masses. It's one thing if you got an isolated target, you know, it's your man, it's your woman. Uh, but just to be screwing everybody, man, there's negative consequences to that. Trust me, there is physically, emotionally and spiritually. Ladies, that as great as your need is for communication. This is a man's need. And I don't know why God did not make these needs the same. I don't understand that. When you, at, when you interview men, survey men, men put this as their number two need. It's number two on the list. Women put it as number 13. Gardening is number 12. <laughs> but in the same way that a man needs to understand that a woman needs communication, a woman needs to understand that this is a need that, that a man has. Here Real quick, I want to make sure I say this. If you are going to lead a relationship, women, not all, but by and large, women do need to need to talk. They need to tell you about how they're feeling. They need to tell you about their day. They need to, they need to talk to you sometimes. And I think it is important to allow them to do that. Okay, you, I get it. As men, sometimes we're a little busy. But if this woman means something to you and she's a, you know, she's a priority, you know, sometimes ask her, listen, how was your day today? Talk to me about your day and just listen. You don't always have to give some advice. Just let her go. But but really listen, though. Listen to what she's saying. Don't ask her a question and be thinking about five different things. I've done that before. But now you got to really hone in on it. Ask her, listen, uh, how was your day today? Talk to me about your day. I know that you you know you had this going on today. T tell me about it. How did that how did that work out? You'd be surprised if you just let a woman and talk to you sometimes again if she's meaningful to you if she's a priority if she's your woman let her talk to you man because if you don't let her do it she's going to sit there with all those emotions and eventually that's why she wants to go have wine with the girls and that's why a beta male at work is willing to listen to her because she wants to be heard and she wants to be acknowledged so it's important to sit down with your woman sometimes and ask her how are things how are you doing you want to talk about this let's talk about it here's the problem we hear things through our own needs. For instance, when a, when a, one of a woman's needs, which I didn't cover last week, is non-sexual affection. Women like to be held without it leading to something. That's, that's one of their needs. So when a, when a man says, I need sex, a woman thinks he just needs to be held. No, he doesn't. And when a woman says, I need to be held, a man thinks she's coming on to me. And who can blame her? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way men think. I'm sorry. 
That, that, here's what a man, a man thinks. She can't resist this. Yes, she can, by the way. But I could not, I almost left this point out because it's a weekend service, but I thought it's too important of a need. Here's the problem. The problem is that the, this need is not being met. And unfortunately, the world is telling us how to get this need met. And, and guys, I wanna say something to you. I know I'm talking to ladies, but- I'm Go in, Mr. Morris, go in. Did you hear what he just said? The world is telling you how to get this need met. Every human being has this need. It's a biological imperative, okay? <laughs> you, you're, you're born with it. You have this need. You do need to learn how to discipline it. But if you're not being taught in a wise way about sex, then you're going to learn it from pornography, from social media, from the world, from friends. And I'm telling you, man, <laughs> that's why sex has to become a, a, a regular topic sometimes. Um, even with your children, if you are a parent... Talk about sex. Talk about the fact that they're going to want sex. Talk about that, you know, uh, to not have, you know, not to be risky with sex, to be calculated with sex, um, that they're going to have these rushes of hormones and, and that they're going to, and sometimes it's going to feel unbearable and sometimes it's going to feel like you can't control it. And sometimes you just need to redirect, okay, and channel that energy into something more productive sometimes until it's the appropriate time. You know, as leaders, we do need to start having these conversations. Um, and also, I want to thank Andrew, another annual client. Good morning to you, sir. Good to see you in here. $50, very generous as well, alongside uh, Alfred and, and Anthony and all the other gentlemen I gave. Um, $50 for bringing up the spiritual and the physical. My pleasure. I want to say something to you. Even though this is a valid need, any way that you meet this in an impure way is invalid. Anyway. And Satan will tell you, you're not getting this need met. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I got I to rewind a little bit. There are in, there's impure sex. There is. Now, some people are going to say, no, no, sex is just sex. It's just penetration. You know, you're putting too much into it. Okay. Then why are so many people fucked up after having sex? Why? Because it's mental and emotional. It's not just a physical sensation. It is a release. It is a physical sensation. But it's very emotional for people to have sex sometimes. It is. Men and women both. And so he talks about meeting that need in an impure way. And it's very important. The way that you meet this in an impure way is invalid. Anyway. And Satan will tell you, you're not getting this need met, so you need to meet it another way. And I'm going to say something I've never said. I've been in ministry almost 30 years. I've never made this statement. God showed this to me this last week as I studied this. Listen carefully to me. All sex outside of marriage, listen, leads to death. And I'm going to show you in the Word. I'm going to show you. Right I'm about to show you. All sex outside of the marriage relationship leads to death let me read you a couple of scriptures james 1 14 and 15. each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust then when lust has conceived it gives birth to sin and when sin is accomplished it brings forth death show you another verse in in proverbs it talks about a woman going after an immoral woman a man going after an immoral woman Here's what it says, Proverbs 7, 23. He did not know it would cost his life. Mm. This is a legitimate need that men have, but do not meet it, men, in an illegitimate way. 
By the way, we talk about how men and women are different. Men get in touch with their emotions. Listen, men get in touch with their emotions through sex. Women actually get in touch with sex through their emotions. God made us fit. Let me say it. Man, go on ahead and give that game, dude. That's that's some good game. <laughs> Some good knowledge at the church, boy. Yeah, man, some sex will lead you to death. It'll lead you to the hole. It'll lead you to the prison. You know how many great men that couldn't control their, their sexual appetite um, when the sex ended? They stalked women. Uh, they hurt women. They hurt themselves. And it all started from that that lust and that physical this is why i tell why do you think i tell guys listen get off the looks learn how to con look she's pretty so what what's inside we got to look at everything all angles you know all angles and if you just get hooked she looks good for her age i got grown men telling me boy coach uh, i was with a woman she looks great for 50 she looks great for so what i don't care is this are you compatible with her is there trust is there proper communication? Are you allowing her to, to campaign for you like the woman enjoys? She, she, they won't tell you. Today's woman won't tell you they like to campaign because they probably never actually put, was placed in a position to campaign for a man. So they don't know if they like it or not. It just sounds bad until you actually have the opportunity to campaign for a man you really, really love and want to be with. It's a beautiful experience for a woman. Okay? But it's uncharted territory. And so... But this is very important, what he's saying here. Again, men get in touch with their emotions through sex. Women get in touch with sex through their emotions. All right, here, here's number three, honor. The number three that I'm covering, but this is actually the number one need in a man's life. Tur Amen, hallelujah, man. Honor. Can't say it enough. Men need honor. That's why I say the second I'm dishonored, I can't be with you no more. I cannot be with a person who has dishonored me. I can't do it. Um, if you dishonor me, I can't be with you. I can't be your friend. I can't be your brother. I can't be anything. I, ca I can't be anything to you. If I'm dishonored, I, I cannot be with you. And I, and I hope men really, really understand that. See, but you have to live an honorable life. So you can't demand honor if you live a dishonorable life. You have to be uh, the spokesperson for honor. If you, do, if you want honor and you want people to honor you, then you must be honorable as well. Turn to Mark chapter 6 now, if you put a marker over there. Mark chapter 6. And I'm going to show you to me one of the most amazing passages in the Bible. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. This is speaking about Jesus. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Now, this is his hometown, in other words. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him, or they didn't receive him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet, this is a very famous saying, but let's watch the whole thing, because most of the time we only quote the first part. A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country.
But let's go on. Watch this. Among his own relatives and in his own house. Now, he could do no mighty work. This is this what's amazing. This is amazing. He could not do, he could not do a mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few pe- sick people and healed them. Now, this doesn't say that he would not. It says he could not. You have to remember, yes, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. And according to Philippians 2, he laid down his divinity. And he walked on this earth as a man. This is very important to understand, by the way, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in conjunction with the principles that God walks in, he operates through faith. They didn't have faith. Why? Because they didn't honor him. And he could not do. He could not. He couldn't because they didn't honor him. Now, here's a question I have for you. If dishonor hindered Jesus when he was a man, could dishonor be hindering your husband from doing great things? Mm. It's possible that you're living with a potentially great man, but he's not being honored. This is the number one need that a man has. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country. We quote that, but it goes on to say, among his relatives, and listen to this, in his own house. In his own house. Now, ladies, please, please, please hear me. I'm, I'm going to get kind of serious with you here. Please hear me. A man's number one need is honor. It's- this is very, an very, from here on out, it is a very powerful sermon. And there's been some spots already, but from here on out, this thing gets really, really good. And so women listen up and men listen up. Um, and, I, and I want to quickly thank Ajax underscore 3146, $10. Your channel has and wisdom is changing my life for the better. Your message to men is exactly what I needed. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That keeps me wanting to roll with this. Uh, but listen to this very carefully because women do like to talk to their family and friends. You know, I don't condone this. I see this within my own family, you know, with a with a sibling. Always talking to my mom about her husband. And 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 I don't condone that. I don't want no part of that. If they ask me my opinion, I don't have an opinion. I'm not married to these people, and so people need to fix their own marriages. I don't have an opinion about another man's another woman's husband or another a uh, man's wife. I don't. You want to pay me for? You want to pay me for some for for you know to consult you? I will. But and just to sit here and talk about other people's marriages, I am not in the business of that, and I don't want to spend my time doing that. And so, women and men, even men, have done this shit. They'll go talk to their mother. They'll go talk to their mother. They'll go talk to their father about a woman they're seeing. Now, I get it. Sometimes you do need some counsel. But when you're married, you better know how to be married before you get married. Now, obviously, you're going to learn how to be a better husband as time goes on, but there should be a foundation of what it means to be a husband before you get married. You should know what you need to do as a husband. Okay, you don't you don't go get married and then figure out how to be a husband. Okay, you're a husband before you get married. You're a wife before you get married. Okay, and so this part's very important. Please pay attention. It's not what you say; it's how you say it. And you say, well, if we're going the wrong way, should I not say anything? Absolutely, you should say something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every decision in a marriage should be made with the male and female perspective. Every decision should be made in unity. Every decision. 
But many, many times, many times, a woman says, Pardon me? In the wrong way. I'm just, I'll just tell you something, because I, 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 know, I know about this because I'm a man. Uh, I, I can't hear you if you don't speak to me with honor. I won't hear you. And you may even be right. But if I think in any way, shape, or form that you don't honor me, I turn off. In the same way, listen, a woman, her number one need is security. This was the number three last week. No uh, masculine frame is going to change what he just talked about. If you're with a woman that you have invested in and you have given your life to, and she, and she speaks to you with dishonor, no masculine frame is going to fix that. You will feel the effect. You will feel it. Now, some will feel it less than others. It depends on how much you've conditioned your mind, okay? Um, but when a man is spoken to with dishonor by someone he's invested in, this is going to crush that man by and large. Every, every man is a little different, but by and large, every man's going to be crushed by a dishonoring wife or a dishonoring woman, okay? And no masculine frame and no manosphere is going to change that. You will feel like shit, Okay? And so it's like he said, you may even be right in what you're saying, but if you don't say it to me with honor, I cannot hear you. Because, well, I put the number, the most important, last so I could really cover it. That's the way I felt led to do it. Okay. A woman can't hear you, men, when you speak in insecure terms. Okay, hold up. I got to stop. I got to stop there. We got to stress this point in case it was overlooked. A woman cannot hear a man if you speak in insecure terms. He just said that. So if you are speaking like a woman, full of worry, full of anxiety, okay, highly emotional, okay, she cannot hear you because you are a reflection of her now. See, listen, you are a reflection of her. She needs you to be your own image. So hear me out. This is why you got to be very careful who you listen to and what you subscribe to. A woman will not and cannot hear you if you speak in insecure terms. You could also say behind every great man is a surprised wife. But still, <laughs> it goes the same. And again, like we're talking about praise. Uh, this, uh, pardon me, this, this thing bit. got a little bit of a head here. Hold on. Is he going to find someone else? But, what, hey, wait a minute. You're, you're talking wait a minute. Let me start this I over. Can't hear you here we go. If you don't speak to me with honor, I won't hear you. And you may even be right. But if I think in any way, shape, or form that you don't honor me, I turn off. In the same way, listen, a woman, her number one need is security. This was the number three last week as well. I put the number, the most important, Last, so I could really cover it. That's the way I felt led to do it. Okay. A woman can't hear you, men, when you speak in insecure terms. Uh, if you begin talking about something that you don't like around the house, but you don't, she doesn't know that she's secure in your relationship, she can't hear you. All of a sudden, she's thinking, is he going to leave? Is he going to find someone else? What? And, and you're, here you're talking about something that you feel needs to be changed, but because you did it, again, not what you say, but how you say it, she can't hear I'm telling you, we go deaf when someone does not value our number one need. You speak to a woman in insecure terms, she can't hear. She cannot hear. You speak to a man with dishonor, 
He can't hear you. And by the way, nothing justifies an unloving husband. And nothing justifies a dishonoring wife. Nothing. Damn. Here's what. Here's what. Go in, man. Y'all want. You guys want game from this manosphere, right? You better get some game from this shit. Pardon my language. You want game from rejects. Okay. You want game from rejects. Get around some people that have been successful for decades on in decades on end. All right. I want to play this one more time. Dishonoring wife. Nothing. Here's what. Here's what Ephesians five is saying, ladies. Treat him like you would Jesus. Here's the problem. Well, he doesn't act like Jesus. Here's what Ephesians is telling you. You treat him like that, he'll get there. Listen to me. It, it is the cork in the bucket principle. You put a cork in the bucket with no water, it just lays on the bottom. Whole bunch of men just laying in the bottom of the bucket. Mm. Praise is the water in the bucket. You fill the bucket with water and the cork rises. Ladies, I'm telling you, you pray. Now, 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 let me just cut this off real quick. And he's doing an amazing job and I hate to cut him off. You know, you'll hear a woman say like, wow, you must be insecure because you need so much praise. Look, we didn't create ourselves. Men want to be praised. Just like we might say you're insecure because you always need validation. We got to get away from that too, kind of men, because that's the way they are. Women need validation. Women need attention. Women need to be told they're they're pretty, you know, sometimes. Some less than others, but some women need to be told they're they're worthy of being with you. You know, that they need that. And if they don't get that, they're gonna go get that. Okay. They absolutely need that. And you know, even I've been critical of why you need it so much. I think that sometimes it could be way too much you need it. You've allowed yourself to become this attention monster, okay? But women need that. And men need honor and respect. So women, it's not an insecurity. It's the way men are. Okay. And just like men, it's not that she needs a lot and some women need more than others. Okay. And some men are, are insecure and they need to be validated as well all the time. I don't encourage that either. But appreciation goes a long way. It means a lot. Okay. And men need to be appreciated. And women do need to feel secure. And that's something both sexes need to do a much better job at. He's your husband and he'll rise. Proverbs 31 talks about a virtuous wife. And it talks about her husband is an elder in the gates of the city. But listen, it's in the context that she's a virtuous wife. Let me tell you what that means. He's, he's respected because she honored him. Because she praised him. You could be married to a great man of God. But you have to make him that way. Everything I do behind is because of her. She honored me before I was a great man of God. She honored me. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's man, very important. I got to rewind. I have to rewind this man because what he's saying cannot be overlooked. I have to play it twice. I have to, man. LeBron, $20, my offering to the coach. Thank you so much, LeBron, for that. Thank you so much for that. I got, please pay attention, gentlemen. And it talks about her husband as an elder in the gates of the city. But listen, it's in the context that she's a virtuous wife. Let me tell you what that means. Mm -hmm. he's, he's respected because she honored him, because she praised him. You could be married to a great man of God, but you have to make him that way. Everything I do behind is because of her. She honored me before I was a great man of God. She honored me. 
And, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's very important. Behind every great man is an honoring wife. You could also say behind every great man is a surprised wife. But still, <laughs> it goes the same. And again, like we're talking about praise, uh, just, let me just go into this a little bit. Men are like dogs. I'm just, ladies, I'm just trying to give you an analogy to help you. They're like dogs. You just praise him. You come home, and you see he's put his dishes in the sink, and you've asked him to do that, and he did that. I'm telling you, just say, I'm a good boy. Yes, I'm a good boy. He put his dishes in his, I'm a good boy. It'll help him. All right, so what he's basically doing, now no one has to ever tell me that because uh, I'm immaculate, but... And I would hope that you were an immaculate man, too, that you, you know, you take care of your home and shit. But it, it goes a long way. If your wife, a girlfriend does something beautiful for you and for the two of you and for the program, please acknowledge it. Please tell her, look, I, I took a look at what you did upstairs. Fantastic job. That looks great. Really, really great. What an improvement. You're talented. We're going to have to have you do more stuff like this. You're very talented. It goes a long way to hear that. And if and ladies, if a man does something, even if it's just cutting that grass, if it's do, whatever it is, you do such an amazing job on the grass. Man, this house looks beautiful. I appreciate everything you do. This needs to be done on both sides, man. Um, I, I can't express how crucial it is. The showing of appreciation for one another. Um. When we talk about dishonor, let me, let me share something else with you that you might not know. And men, you might not like for me for sharing this, but I just want to let you know. Men act tough, but they're not. They're not. Men are not tough emotionally. They're tough physically, many of them, but they're not tough emotionally. Um, here, here's what I mean by that. Uh, women are sensitive physically. You know, I, I, I would, when Debbie and I first got married, you know, I, I would just kind of, how you doing, you know? And uh, she'd, she'd say, that, that hurts. And, and I, I, I know now, I've, she's a sissy. I, that's all there is to it. She's a sissy. I don't mean that wrong. She, listen, here, here was the biggest shock of my life after I got married. She did not want to wrestle. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you don't want to wrestle? Wrestling's fun. She says, it hurts me. Okay, she's very sensitive physically. Listen to me, ladies. As sensitive as you are physically... He's sensitive, that's sensitive emotionally. Now, here's what we think. We think women are real sensitive emotionally, but men, they're tough. That's a lie, because I'm telling you, listen. Yo, hold on. What he's saying is very, very true. I believe even today, women are more emotionally stable than men. <laughs> I really do, man. I think men have lost it. He just lost it, man. And, 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 uh, and this is a very important segment. Uh, that's why women can get over breakups and marriages easier. Um, and, and you blame her for that. But it's uh, men put on this front, this masculine frame. This is why I've been critical of this masculine frame. But underneath, you know, you're scared underneath. I mean, it's fine. But, you know, sure. Putting on a masculine frame could help you in some situations. Sure. I mean, you want to be, you know, organized and prepared for the event. Sometimes it requires you to be a little more stoic and such. And so but, you know, you're just playing that role. You know, it's just a role you're playing, but underneath you're still a human being. And this must be acknowledged. You know, this isn't who you are. This is who you become for that moment. But underneath, you're still human. Underneath, you still feel pain. You feel physical pain, emotional pain. And so this must be acknowledged. 
Here's what we think. We think women are real sensitive emotionally, but men, they're tough. That's a lie, because I'm telling you, listen, words hurt men more than words hurt women. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because we are emotionally shallow. Mm-hmm. We do not have deep conversations. Women have them all the time. All your conversations are deep. Women will actually slug each other with words. And men, they have no clue what's going on. They'll get together, and a woman will say, How you doing, Kathy? That's what she, she's really slugging her. And the other one knows, I'm doing fine, Cindy. And the men are like, Hey, how you doing? They don't know. We talk about golf and cars, okay? We don't, we don't have deep conversations. So, when you say something in a dishonoring way, it is like him punching you in the stomach. That's the way men receive it. And you say, well, his friends cut him down. He's not married to them. When you cut him down in front of other people, it's the most damage you can do to your marriage. I promise you. I know, because I are one. I know, and Debbie is really very, very, very good at honoring me. But it is amazing if I think in any way that she's not honoring me, it, it just levels me, it just, it just like that. So you have to understand that this is the way. You know, it takes a lot of guts for a man, for a man to admit that. Uh, a lot of men would never admit that. And what he's saying is, um, pardon me, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, Buster says, I think women to uh, get over things faster because they have less invested and more outside support. Um, that's true. And the less invested part is the man's fault. So I'm going to say the less invested part is the man. He didn't put her in a position to invest more. So, but I do agree a wholeheartedly about the outside support part, uh, which is why this channel was created. This channel was created so men can gather and we can learn. I can teach you, you shit. Even sometimes you guys say some brilliant stuff, but you come here to be open. This channel also is not to bash. Occasionally I have to expose. There's a difference between bashing and exposing. I don't have it in my heart to to bash when I tell you the truth. I, I look to expose so we can uh, reform. Okay, I want to make sure I express the difference so you know if you're new here. When I expose a man's weaknesses or a woman's weaknesses, it is not a bashing session. It is an, an opportunity to expose so you can reform. Okay, that's all that it is. And so it's very important what he's saying here. Please pay attention, man. This is really, really good. I'm going to back it up just a little bit so we can hear it one more time. Any way that she's not honoring me, it, it just levels me. Just, it just like that. So you have to understand that this is the way men and women are. This is the way a man is made. A man is made for honor. Let me, let me give you a scripture. The Bible says in Psalm 22, God inhabits the praise of his people. Listen, God inhabits the praise of his people. Let me tell you what that means. He lives in houses that praise him. He lives in houses that praise him. That tells you something about churches that don't praise. Because God only lives where he's praised. Now listen to me carefully. He made man in his image. Men will only live in houses where they're praised. They'll only live in houses where they're praised. I remember literally talking to insecurity will keep a man living in a house where he's not praised i want to say that to you i have witnessed this insecurity and the fear of not knowing how you'll do it without her 
is what keeps men in houses where they are insulted. And um, this is why I try to get you to see the importance of self-sufficiency before a woman comes into your life. Because you've proven it to yourself that you can do this. Okay? It's not so we can, so I can keep you sexless. Okay? My agenda is not to keep men sexless. Okay? I want you to have a lot of sex, but I want you to have responsible sex. Okay? I've had irresponsible sex, which is why I teach on the importance of responsible sex. Because I've been irresponsible sexually. And so, this is why I talk about being self-sufficient, not needing her. That doesn't mean we don't want her, okay? There's a difference. Needing her is, is, is you're in bad shape if you need her. Wanting her, though, is, 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 is a different emotion tied to wanting. Involving, wanting, sharing, okay? This is important. I share, I want to share myself with you versus I need you, all right? There's a big difference, and so I want to just play this one more time. Real quick, shout out to my guy, Neil Ray. I got a video for you, Neil Ray. It's part of the Hundo Club. We're going to play it anyway. $50 on the day for Neil Ray. I got a video for you. Um, value for value, coach. Perfect timing. I got some time to listen this morning. Going to be great and fun learning today. I appreciate all that you do, coach. Humility is a beautiful thing. Thanks for making us all humble and for the better. The more I humble myself, the more I can deliver messages that will encourage you to Stay humble. I'm going to play your uh, your video at the end of the broadcast. Um, hang on. Actually, no, I'm going to play it now. Now, you know what, Neil? I'm going, to, I'm going to acknowledge you at the end once this is over. And so let's continue. A, a, a man and a woman in a marriage counseling time one time. And I said that, and she said, well, I don't praise him. And he, he lives, he's been living here 20 years. I said, no, ma'am, he's been sleeping here 20 years. But his life okay, listen, listen, listen. There's a difference between living in a house and sleeping at a house. And there's a lot of men just sleeping at a house, but they're afraid to leave. They're afraid to, to lose out financially. They're afraid to lose the woman to another man. There's a lot of fears. Women have fears, too. Heather asks, but why, though? Uh, please uh, present your question in a way that I can understand it, Heather, because that doesn't make any sense. But why, though? So if you could present your question, I'll be happy to answer it. He, he lives, he's been living here 20 years. I said, no, ma'am, he's been sleeping here 20 years. But his life in here. You want to know why he goes to the golf course? Because at least at the golf course, he'll hear good shot, Bill. Oof. Go in. Go in, man. This is the stuff. <laughs> this is the truth, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm rewinding this. I, this must be heard again. They'll only live in houses where they're praised. I remember literally talking to a, a, a man and a woman in a marriage counseling time one time. Uh, Heather, that <laughs> I didn't know that that was your question. Uh, it was just time for me to move on and to just to focus on my uh, on my my broadcasts by myself. And so um, all good things come to an end. Um, and, and so I would encourage anybody who's doing something for long periods of time, you know, uh, do evaluations of it. Sometimes you can outstay your welcome. Sometimes you can be somewhere too long. Uh, you got to know when it's time to respectfully depart and, 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 can, and turn the page and do something different. And so that's all that it is.
And I said that, and she said, well, I don't praise him. And he, he lives, he's been living here 20 years. I said, no, ma'am, he's been sleeping here 20 years. But his life ain't here. You want to know why he goes to the golf course? Because at least at the golf course, he'll hear good shot, Bill. Mm-hmm. Someone will praise him. But think about this. You don't see cheerleaders at women's sports. <laughs> Is that right? Go, Sally, go. <laughs> Women don't need praise. Men need praise. Do you know that here, here's New Testament by that first first Peter three says that Sarah called Abraham Lord. That's that's what Debbie calls me around the house, but <laughs> she does. She begins a lot of sentences with Lord, why did you do that? So anyway. Okay. Here, here's what people are thinking. Well, if I was married to Abraham, I could honor him. But I'm married to Leroy, and Leroy's about to kill us. Hmm. No, listen. He'll rise to the level of honor he receives. Honor him where you want him to be, not where he is. Hmm. Honor hmm. him where you want him to be, not where he is. I promise. Recently, I talked about the importance of somebody's putting in effort and they're showing desire. Encourage them. It may not be happening at a pace. Maybe you would appreciate it and, and, and enjoy. But, but if somebody is putting in effort and is showing commitment and desire, encourage them. Notice what he just said. And this, happens, this needs to happen on both sides. Sometimes I'm critical of, of the work around me. Um, sometimes I can be critical. Um, and I don't necessarily um, regret that. But when I see good work, boy, do I celebrate that person. If, 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 if I see good work in a client, if I see improvement, I'm celebrating them. I am, they are going to hear it. They're going to feel it. Okay? And I'm going to mean it. And so it's important that you celebrate the checkpoints that people make in the process of coming up and evolving. Of honor he receives. Honor him where you want him to be, not where he is. Mm. Honor him where you want him to be, not where he is. I promise it'll change your life. It'll change your marriage. Tell your wife, if you got, you got children, you got a children, tell your wife, tell your wife, you're a fantastic mother. I, I, I may not say it enough, and I want to make sure I, you are a fantastic mother. You take great care of our children. And uh, I, I am just, I'm, I'm very pleased. And so you're a fantastic mom. You know what that'll do for a mother? If you tell her what a great mother she is, um, even what a great wife she is. And, you, and then on top of it, a woman just looks at her husband and says, I married the best husband. I have the best husband on planet Earth. I absolutely am enamored with you, and I, I'm in awe of you. This type of communication is what glues the relationship together, and it needs to happen more. The problem is you t- both sides are too much into their feelings to do it. And so if you show appreciation for your spouse or your girlfriend, again, given that there is appreciation to go around, but... Um, you know, we need to appreciate and celebrate each other far more than we do.
about this. Don't cut him down in front of your friends. Mm. Don't cut him down to your friends when he's not there. One of Damn. The things that I've seen church I know I'm being disruptive, guys, but I got to make sure that I rewind this part. This is something women do. I've seen it done. Never be with a woman who is that gossips a lot. Because if she gossips about other people, she's going to gossip about your marriage. Okay, these are the things you have to look for. This is character. This is why I said study the woman for for a, a period of time. Does she gossip about other people's lives? If she does, she's going to gossip about your life. She's going to tell her friends and family at some point about your life, about you, about your inadequacies. She's going to share because usually friends share. She's going to share her inadequacies. Um, pardon me, your inadequacy, she, they're going to compare it to her friend's boyfriend's inadequacies, okay? <laughs> and so this is why you have to understand the important, you have to express the importance of being discreet and this stays with us and that you're not a gossiping man. This is why I don't involve myself in other people's matters. I don't care. Does it make me money? Can I help it? Am I going to change it? If the answer is no, I don't want any involvement. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to advise you. Get your life together. Now, if you want to pay me, I advise you. But for free, I'm not advising you. And so I'm going to focus on what I can control. And so listen to this part, men. Do not marry women who are all in the business of other people's business. That is a gossiping person. Okay? That is a tell-all. That is a person who needs too much validation and attention. People seek attention through gossip, okay? And this is why it's very important that you find a woman that doesn't like to gossip, okay? And that she follows your lead, but you can't be gossiping either. One other thing I want to say about this. Don't cut him down in front of your friends. Don't cut him down to your friends when he's not there. One of the worst things that I've seen church ladies do is talk about their husbands at their women's life group. Mm. And they think that it doesn't get back to him, but those women tell their husbands, mm. and their husbands tell him. It's one of the worst things you can do. Here's actually the worst thing you can do, is talk about his faults to your family. Mm. That's the <laughs> worst thing you can do, is talk about his faults to your mother or your sisters. Because here's what the devil does. Now, I'm telling you these things to try to help you. Here's what the devil tells that man. If you ever want to leave your past behind, you're going to have to get out of this family. Because this family knows all your faults, and all she does is cut you down to her family. Playing it again, one more time. And this goes for you men, too, that have told your family about your business, about your girlfriend, about your, your woman. And you've went to family members for guidance and support and pity. You've done the same thing to your woman. And she also knows that. And, and that's why she leaves you too. Because if she wants to start over, she can't start over with you because everybody is already critical of her. This is why men do leave their, their marriages too because everybody hates him. Your whole family hates him. And that you're to blame. If, if your family hates your husband, I blame you because you told them. You didn't work through it with him. You told them. So if your whole family hates your spouse, your husband, or your wife, you're to blame. So if she leaves you, I blame you. Or if he leaves you, I blame you. Or your sisters. Because here's what the devil does. Now I'm telling you these things to try to help you. Here's what the devil tells that man. If you ever want to leave your past behind, you're going to have to get out of this family. 
because this family knows all your faults, and all she does is cut you down to her family. And, and by the way, guys, it's never right. It's never right to do that. We need to deal with these things and not just leave. We need to deal with them. I was uh, with a family, and this is for husbands and wives. I was counseling with a married couple about nine years ago, not long after we started the church. And they came in, and, and uh, it, I, I never counseled with a, a couple like this. They said, we're three weeks from divorce. And uh, they started talking. They had been raised, both of them, in Trinity Fellowship Church in Amarillo, which is where Pastor Jimmy Evans is, the guy that, that is the best teacher on marriage and family I know. And they'd been through his seminars. And, and, and she said things like this. She said, I know that one of his greatest needs is honor, but I just don't honor him. I, I have said horrible things about him to my family and other people, and I, I don't honor. And I know I should, but I just don't. And he said, I know one of her greatest needs is security, but, but I, I, don't, I don't do that, and I, I, I just, I, I haven't been doing what I need to do, and I, I'm not meeting, and I know her needs. I can list the four basic needs of a woman, and, I, and I'm not meeting these needs. And, and they also said this. They said, you know, we, we, we're in a, a financial mess, and we know we're supposed to tithe. We know that giving the first to God brings the blessing, and we know all that, but we don't tithe. And, and, and they, they kept saying this over and over again. We know what to do, but, but we're not doing it. And uh, after about 45 minutes, I said to him, I'm going to tell you something. Do me a favor, Uncle Guns uh, uh, and, and, and other people. Please, let's stay on topic. I mean, let's not, let's not condemn other, uh, other individuals. I mean, they're not part of this discussion. They're not here to defend themselves. Um, if, if you carry an opinion um, and you're, you're entitled to that, but let's, let's, you're missing a very important segment of what's about to happen in, during this show. And so let's focus here. You're, you can think what you want to think, and I'm not going to take that away from you. But let's not be critical of people that are not here to, you know, uh, um, d potentially defend themselves even if they wanted to. And, and uh, so let's stay on topic. There's, you really need to hear this segment right here. I'm starting it over. And, and, and she said things like this. She said, I know that one of his greatest needs is honor, but I just don't honor him. I have said horrible things about him to my family and other people, and I don't honor. And I know I should, but I just don't. And he said, I know one of her greatest needs is security, but, but I, I, don't, I don't do that. And I, I, I just, I haven't been doing what I need to do. And I, I'm not meeting, and I know her needs. I can list the four basic needs of a woman, and, I, and I'm not meeting these needs. And, and they also said this. They said, you know, we, we, we're in a, a financial mess. And we know we're supposed to tithe. We know that giving the first to God brings the blessing. And we know all that, but we don't tithe. And, and, and they, they kept saying this over and over again. We know what to do, but, but we're not doing it. And uh, after about 45 minutes, I said to him, I'm going to tell you something that I have never told anyone in all my years of ministry. Never told anyone. Okay, I need to pause one more time. I, I really need you guys to pay attention here. Okay? During this segment... He is consulting a couple who are three weeks, who is three weeks from divorce. And they both came into his office. He was sitting there with his wife, uh, Mr. Morris here, alongside, alongside him, it was his wife. And this couple came in and they're basically saying, I know I'm supposed to do one, two, three, and four, but I'm not doing it. I know I'm supposed to do it, but I'm not doing it. Both the man and the woman is saying this to Pastor Morris. Listen to what he tells them. 
This is the last segment. The show is ending momentarily. Let's focus. We've already addressed Heather. We don't need to address her one more time. Um, please pay attention. Moderators, members, and subscribers, I ask you, pay attention to this segment, please. His seminars. And, and, and she said things like this. She said, I know that one of his greatest needs is honor, but I just don't honor him. I, I have said horrible things about him to my family and other people, and I, I don't honor him. And I know I should, but I just don't. And he said, I know one of her greatest needs is security, but, but I, I, don't, I don't do that. And I, I, I just, I, I haven't been doing what I need to do. And I, I'm not meeting, and I know her needs. I can list the four basic needs of a woman, and, I, and I'm not meeting these needs. And, and they also said this. They said, you know, we, we, we're in a, a financial mess, and we know we're supposed to tithe. We know that giving the first to God brings the blessing. And we know all that, but we don't tithe. And, and, and they, they kept saying this over and over again. We know what to do, but, but we're not doing it. And uh, after about 45 minutes, I said to him, I'm going to tell you something that I have never told anyone in all my years of ministry. Never told anyone this. And I remember they kind of leaned forward and they thought, well, here's our answer, you know. And, and, and Debbie leaned forward. She's in the office with us. And she thought, wow, I mean, what's he going to say now? And I said, here's what I'm going to tell you. I've never told anyone this. Here's what I said. I can't help you. I said, I can't help you. I said, the reason you come to a pastor for help is because... You don't know how to fix your problem. You come to a pastor because you have a problem in your finances or your marriage and your family. You can't fix it. And so the pastor gives you scriptural principles to be able to fix it and gives you the knowledge to be able to fix it. And that's, how, that's why you come for help. But I said, here's the problem. You know what to do, but you're not doing it. So I can't, I can't help you. And then I said to this, in this I, I, I said, you don't have a marriage problem. You have a rebellion problem. And I can't. Listen to what this man just said. <laughs> and, I and I say the same thing to clients. If I'm, if I'm giving a client solutions, I'm, ident I'm identifying problems, putting the mirror in front of them, holding them accountable, giving them solutions. If you don't do it due to fear, you can't overcome your fear. Okay, I can encourage you to overcome fear. I can even give you principles on how to overcome fear. But you have to take the steps. If you refuse to do it, it wasn't my coaching, it's you. Your refusal to change is why you don't get new results. And that's a fact. And what he tells them here is, you know what to do, but you refuse to do it. You don't have a marriage problem. You have a rebellion problem. I'm going to rewind this a little bit. You come to a pastor because you have a... Real quick, I want to ch uh, thank uh, Mr. Greg Woolley. Thank you so much, sir, for your generosity. Um, I will play a video for you and Neil following uh, this this uh, this clip. And uh, thank you so much for uh, the, the support for the show today. It, it means a lot. Thank you so much. A problem in your finances or your marriage and your family, you can't fix it. And so the pastor gives you scriptural principles to be able to fix it and gives you the knowledge to be able to fix it. And that's, how, that's why you come for help. But I said, here's the problem. You know what to do, but you're not doing it. Mm. So I can't, I can't help you. And then I said to this, in this I, I, I said, you don't have a marriage problem. You have a rebellion problem. Mm. And I can't help you. And then I said to him, and I'm not going to help you either. I, I, this holy boldness, I mean, I just, I just don't speak to people that way, you know. And I said, let's pray. Our session's over. And I prayed, and when I finished praying, I stood up to let them know. And I shook their hand. They were a little bit dumbfounded, and they walked out the door, and then Debbie looked at me and said, 
That's all you're going to do? I said, I'm telling you, God told me to do that. I can't help them. They, they can help themselves, but I can't help them. And they went out, and they got in the car. And he reached up, and he started the car. And then all of a sudden, he turned it off. And he turned to her, and a tear streamed down his cheek, and he said, I'm so sorry. He's right. Mm. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to do what the Bible says. And I'm going to lay my life down for you. And I'm going to love you the way Jesus loves the church. And I'm sorry that I haven't been doing that. And she turned to him and she said, I'm sorry. And I'm going to honor you. And I'm going to respect you. And I'm going to serve you the way God tells me to serve you. And we're going to do what the Bible And they held hands in the church parking lot. And they said, God, we're sorry. And we're going to start tithing. And we're going to start putting you first in our lives. And they told me about three months later, they said, do you know when we started doing what the Bible said to do, we fell back in love. We fell in love when we did what the Bible said to do. By the way, as nine years ago, they're still in our church, and he's a deacon now in the church. So here's my question for you. When are you going to do what the Bible says to do? Whether you're single, married, divorced, it, it doesn't matter. They're principles in God's Word. When are you going to do what God tells you to do? Mm -hmm. You know what to do. Mm -hmm. When are you going to do it? We all we all know what to do, man. And pardon me, I got a little, I always get a little teary, <clears throat> teary eyed there. And I always do. And I watch this t t 10, 15 times. And the reason why is because there's so many people that know what they have to do and they just don't do it and they lose everything they lose marriages they lose children they lose respect they lose themselves they lose they fall from grace they never recover they lose so much and all they had to do was make the adjustments and change that's all you had to do was just make the adjustments and change and get out of the mirror a little bit and focus on the external a little bit focus on those around you it's a shame what has happened you know we've all done it we've all done it but you know it's more it's it's a sadness that i can see it's a, it's a sadness that i that i feel when i see families depart and and, and all what all for because you got some side sex i mean come on when i that's why i say never leave your woman for another woman <laughs> never do that Make your marriage work, man. If you can't make it work, then you end it. You end it with some honor and some respect. You don't go fuck some woman and she turns you out. Pardon my language, but I'm going to say it like it is. You know, that's what happens when, when guys leave their wives for other women. I mean, basically, this woman, this woman turns you out. <laughs> and you let a woman turn you out, man. And, uh, you know, and then later you go on to regret it. I've seen men leave their wives for other women that wanted to party. And then just to later, you partied enough with this woman. And now you got cancer. Now you got liver failure. Yeah, you left your wife where you had a peaceful life to go have a, I don't know, some exciting life with somewhere, somewhere else. And it destroyed you. And um, I felt a deep, deep a deep wave of compassion that came over me just then and to see a couple acknowledge where they're not where the man is not leading properly and the woman is not doing what she's supposed to do and they acknowledged it and they faced it and they turned it around and now they're still married he said eight years it was eight years ago and now the husband's a deacon in the church that's beautiful man 
want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I know that we said some funny things today, and I know I also got serious. But we've talked about what God says to do if you're a husband and what God says to do if you're a wife. But these principles are all through Scripture. Mm. That Ephesians 5.21 really wasn't talking to husbands and wives. It's talking to believers submitting yourselves to one another. Submit yourselves to one another. We talked about tithing a moment ago. I, I, I know people still to this day that know that they know that they know that they should put God first in their finances and still don't do it. So I'm, I'm asking you, not, not in a critical way, not in a condemning way, but in a loving way, when are you going to do? When are you going to do what God's Word says? And I'm asking you for your sake. I promise you, Satan is doing everything he can to destroy your life, destroy your health, destroy your finances, destroy your home. And God's Word works. It works. I promise you. So what's God saying to you through this message? You know, God is so amazing because he can say something different to every person at South Lake, every person mm -hmm. at NRH, every person hearkens, every person listening to this CD, every person watching on the Internet. God can speak to every one of us if we'll just listen. So what's God saying to you? We want to pray for you. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you're new here and you've never come to the altar for prayer. I want to encourage you, come. You're not a big bad sinner because you need prayer. We all need prayer. We all need prayer. Every leader in our church, including Debbie and me, we need prayer. Mm -hmm. Every one of us. So if you're going through a difficulty right now, may not even be in your home. may just be in your personal walk with God. Maybe you need to give your life to God. Maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you need to give your life back to God. Maybe you need to commit your, maybe you're having a difficulty in your finances or your health. Maybe you got a bad report this week from a doctor. I don't, I don't know what it is, but maybe it is in your marriage. And there are many of you that really do need prayer for your marriage. You ought to just turn to your spouse and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have not met your needs like I should. Let's go down there and let's get prayer. So no matter which campus you're attending, at every campus in just a moment, we're going to stand. And, we'll, and as soon as we stand up, if you're on the ministry team, no matter which campus you're attending or if you're in an overflow room, if you're on the ministry team, you come as quickly as you can. And as soon as we stand up, if you need prayer, you come to one of the leaders here at the front. Again, at all campuses, you come to one of the front. Come to one of the leaders and let us pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that every person that you're speaking to, every person, Lord, that needs prayer will come for prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. That's fantastic. Uh, I kind of have, <laughs> I just like tears are falling down my face and it's, uh, it's involuntary. I can't really help it. It's just happening. So let, let it happen. Uh, but uh, I've seen that sermon many times and every time I see it, I just, uh, it's, it's very cleansing for me. And so, and I, and I, it was my, it was my honor to share it with you and to kind of give some commentary behind it. Um, it reinforces a lot of things that I've previously taught and that I will continue to teach. And so um, hopefully it, it has had an impact on you and it, it, it challenges you to reevaluate yourself in your situation 
and perhaps some changes are on the way. Um, the Health and Wealth Podcast, thank you so much, sir, for the 10. This sermon was very powerful. The principle of truth and what is a consistent battle for so many people. Rebellion against what gets results. Uh, rebellion against what gets results is, it is very sad. It is. Uh, put God first in all things. God equals truth. Yeah, it's not the lies that haunt you. It's the truth, man. And so uh, thank you so much for that. Um, if you're interested in hiring me for coaching, man, um, um, I am accessible. Uh, championgamecoaching.com is where you can book some time with me. Um, I do want to acknowledge two uh, Hundo Club members real quick, and then we're going to end the show. Feel free to share the broadcast if you feel someone else could use the information. Let's start with Neil Ray. Neil, I haven't had the opportunity to unveil your video. And uh, we're going to do that now. And then we're going to finish up with Mr. Greg Woolley. And we're going to end the show. I want to thank you guys for your participation. Thank you to Uncle Guns, SNO, and the other moderators. Thank you to all the members who continue your support of this channel. Uh, and all the subscribers who came in. Uh, there was uh, the young lady. Um, Heather, my apologies, coach. I generally encourage to bring up any more. Thank you, uh, Heather. Uh, no problem. I believe you expressed yourself, and and that's okay. It's just uh, when we're when we're talking about something, let's try to keep it on topic. And so, um, not a problem. I appreciate it. Apology accepted. Let's start with Neil Ray. Thank you so much, sir. Hope you enjoyed that, Neil. You've uh, you've made a lot of um, um, religious references in the past, and I felt it was appropriate to kind of go down that road for you in your video. So I hope you enjoyed that, sir. And Mr. Greg Woolley, thank you for your continued support as well. Let's celebrate him publicly. So for some reason that came to a little bit on the dark side, so I'll have to take a look at why that video came in a little bit dark. But uh, it was a pleasure uh, having that created for you, Greg. Big baller status, boy. 
So uh, anyway, thank you so much uh, for you guys uh, showing up here today. We'll see you Friday for our last show of the week. Uh, 15 episodes for the Everett Overton show season one. So we're on our way and um, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.